Liveline on RTE Radio 1 with Kia. Coming soon, the all-new Sportage. For more, log on to kia.com. 0818 715 815 Hello, good afternoon and you're very welcome to Liveline. Five one double five one is our text number and oh eight one eight seven one five eight one five. Michael Larkin, Michael, good afternoon. It was an idea that uh, Pascal Donahue, the Minister for Finance, floated on Thursday and Friday, and that was in January. Uh, the simplest thing in the world: everybody's, everyone's ESB bill would be with the flick of a computer uh, program would be reduced by exactly a hundred euro. Why do you not? Why, why do you not think it's a good idea? Uh, it's not that I don't think it's a good idea, Joe. Good afternoon to you. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Great. I I just think the distribution of it is the problem. Why do I say that? Yeah. Does everyone in Ireland need a hundred quid out there ESB bill? No. I think not, Joe. Okay. But there are those that do. Yeah. That are desperate. Yeah. And I'm all for them getting it. I don't need it. How do you decide it? How do you decide who gets it and who doesn't get it? It will cost you well, I don't, co- think it, I don't think it's that hard in, in doing that, Joe. We've come through a year and a half with pandemics, unemployment, people trying to live on 350 euros. I know, I know, no, I, I know, I know all that. We know all that. We'll put the pandemic aside for a few minutes. Yeah, you, but uh, we have uh, the point uh, I'm making. The point I'm making is we have the, a list. the ESB or energy yeah. or whatever, okay, they, okay. they know nothing on their ESB bill about your income. Nothing. No, that's right. Nothing. No. So how do they decide which one to dock to give 100 quid to and which one not to give 100 quid to? Okay, the government are obviously in, in control of distributing it and I think they have that list of what people list? who lost their... A list of people who had to sign on the PUP making 350 a, a week yeah. and th- that's all there. It's all generated. It's already there. Give the hundred euro to them. Two hundred and seventy million. I wish it was one hundred and seventy million. Is the figure I hear? Or one hundred and seventy million? Yeah, yeah, you're right. But the the idea, the logistics. In trying, mm-hmm. to, they, these are private companies. The ESB, okay, there's public ownership. The ESB and Energy and Borgosh or whatever, they all are mm-hmm. effectively private operators now. Mm-hmm. You're saying mm-hmm. the government would supply those companies, apart from GDPR madness, they right. probably wouldn't be allowed, supply those companies with list of people who got the PUP or are unemployed or whatever. And those companies would have to trawl through their, their bills. To dock, mm-hmm. to dock a hundred. It's just madness. No one no, would ever, no I, one would I, ever, I, no one would ever get it. Right, I agree with you. It, it would be madness to do it that way. But with the list that's already generated from the people who were on three fifty a week for whatever it was during that period, they have that information. Yeah, issue a check to those people. To no, give there's, no, there's, no, there's, no, there's no, see, there's no checks being issued. It's a refund. Yeah. This is the simplicity of it, from what I mm-hmm. understand. That mm. they simply, if your bill is, and the bills are extortionate at the minute, we're among the mm. highest uh, energy mm. prices in all of Europe. What you simply do, if your bill is 450, it's now 350. 350. If your yeah. bill is 390, uh, 390 and 72 cents, your bill yeah. is now 290 and 72 cents. What, yeah. what could be simpler? The maths of it is very simple, Joe. And I, I would reverse the question to you. Do you think, and I'm only picking these areas because we know they're very uh, influent, Hothead, Colony Hill, Darky Hill, do you think that the, the residents in those areas no need a hundred euro help with their ESV bill? I have no idea who lives behind those doors. No, well, well, I can tell you some. Without, without getting into trouble. Pat Henry lives in Doggy. Does he need 100 quid? Well, if he doesn't, well, Pat, I'm sure I actually know for That's a fact. That's point. No, no, hang on, no, hang on, no, hang on, hang on. Now, let's, let's, let's be fair here and let's, okay. let's not turn the programme into a 75 minutes of begrudgery. Right? No, I'm not PK, No, you happened. are, you are. You named someone. You shouldn't have named anybody. But uh, Pat pa Kenny pays his taxes. And also, I know for a fact, he gives a lot to charity. But that's neither here nor mm. there. Mm. Right? Mm. One, one of the, one of the, um, one of the issues in this whole, that everyone gets 100 quid, is we're all in it together. The universality. If you get your 100 quid and you don't want to, give it to the Vincent de Paul. Mm. Give it to Focus Point. Okay, how can I do that? I can't do that. Go on it's to the, like, put it, get it in an envelope. Put it in an envelope. Yeah. Go, go, go on to an iPad. Yeah. And, and give it to you. Don't have to take the money. 
You don't okay. have to take it. Anyway, Jenny Jenny Horgan, oh eight one eight seven one five eight one five. You've you've another idea. In fairness, now you're you're coming off the back of Frank's idea. Um, but Jenny, what what is what is you, you, your what is your proposal, please? Hi, um, thanks, Joe. Yeah, I I actually I suppose I sympathise a bit with Frank there. I think yeah. um, like I don't need the hundred euro, okay. um, and I think a lot of people feel the same. Um, what I do need really are long term. Um, you know, um, investments in things like yeah. health and education. I'm mm-hmm. a teacher, so I see every day the sort of lack of funding in our system. Um, yeah. And I can't help but see this as a pretty cynical move by the government to get people on side, um, potentially yeah. for political gain. Um, when actually, you know, um, it, I suppose I trust them to invest the, the, the state's money um, wisely. Yeah. And it seems to me, if they're, you know, throwing 200 million um in sort of a, like they've said that they they don't have the time to means test it, and that says a lot to me. It suggests that this hasn't really been thought through, and it's a sort of a last minute token. But does every um, but does but does everything in the country? This is the argument about children's allowance that comes up all the time, that the children's allowance should be means tested, and people throw up names shouldn't be getting children's allowance. But the the, the children's allowance is a universal payment. It is a societal payment. It's paid uh, effectively to all mothers of children, regardless of their background, of their dress, of their relatives or whatever. It's a universal society bonding exercise. Now, people don't want, if you don't want to claim your children's allowance, you simply don't claim it and it lapses after a while. And and could this not be the same with this hundred quid? That it's a solidarity payment, and if people don't want it, which I agree, which a, a lot of people, uh, maybe not as many as you think, but a lot of people won't won't want it. They just simply give it to a charity. But we're not making it easy for people to do that. And okay. I think okay. We, well, there, well we let, 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 let's see how we can can we make it easy. Didn't we do it with the water charges? Didn't we make it easy for people to give the live, money to charity? Yes, but this is a post, in fact, I'd love to say it's a post-COVID world. It's not. We're still, I think COVID has changed us as a society and it's shown us just how just how unequal our society is because the people who are most vulnerable have been hit the hardest. And at this time, particularly this Christmas, we are all painfully aware of the number yeah. of homeless people and the people who have suffered more than others. Like you might say we're in the same boat, but we no, all know no, we're I, not. No, I, I, I didn't say that. I did not say that. No, but I'm, you know, that's I, the kind I'm, of the idea. I'm sitting, I suppose, no, the I'm, sitting, I'm sitting here every day for the last two years, bar a few days, and I know we're not in the same boat. I know what, what, what pain people are going through. I think I do anyway. Now, but my point is, it's Pascal Donahue who says, if I means test it, I will never get it out. I will never get it out. So why can't we do a solidarity payment to everybody? You're not saying everyone's in the same boat. Obviously they aren't. But you're giving the, the money to everybody. And then people who don't want it, let them decide in the goodness of their hearts to give it to some to someone else or a charity or whatever. Now, is there a way, which I thought was your, your point, is there a way we could make that simpler, like w- what happened with the water charges refund? That I'm trying to remember the name of the organisation. They set up a system where you just click the button on your water charges account and say, no, I don't want the refund. I wanted to yeah. go to this recognised, registered, Absolutely. respected charge. You know, is there, would, what about that oh, option? That's, I think that's a brilliant option, Joe. I think that's exactly what we, not, what we want. But I do think we need to look, you know, at this sort of pattern in the government of sort of last minute spending when we're in a country without yeah, long-term investment. Yeah, but... But Pascal Donoghue, they Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil to a lesser extent always thought they had the middle vote, didn't they? They yeah. they they all talked about tax cuts before they got into government, and Fine Gael especially. There were no tax cuts of any substance whatsoever. In fact, it's gone in the other direction. So people who were uh, voted for Fine Gael saying, "I'm not going to vote for. I have no interest in them." They didn't deliver on the tax cuts. Now the arguments are the world, the pandemic, uh, Brexit, and all that carry on. So Pascal Donoghue then says, "Okay, a hundred quid off everyone's bill, one stroke of a computer program for January," and he's getting it in the neck and no, he, can, he can't he, he, I'm sure he's saying to himself what do I have to do No but I think what you've just said there is that this is a political move then that they're trying to get people on side Yeah but that's what politics, not good enough though Yeah but that's what politics No but that's, that's not what just, we want from our politicians we don't want 
politicians who are just playing to the crowd. We want politicians who care about the most vulnerable people. And that means sometimes being unpopular. Um, but we want yeah. real long-term investments. Even though we're, it's not, even, it's not even, good enough that it's just to make people even, happy and even, to get them on side. Even though our spending on the health service is the highest per capita in the OECD at the moment. Well, that's another, a whole other story. Where how well, are we spending the money? If okay. this is a sign okay. of how say, we're spending say, our money... Say, say there, Jenny. Bernard, Bernard. Five one double five wants to text. Joe at rt.ie. I'll come back to you in a second. Bernard, you, your ESB bill. Yeah, got the ESB bill in uh, to, uh, this morning. To, yeah. It, it's got, it was the last bill was two hundred and twenty three twenty eight, yeah. yeah. And this bill is three hundred nine wow. fifty. You know, and I'm not even using the immersion with that. And know? remember, we've had an extraordinarily mild few months, an extraordinarily mild few months. So exactly. Your, so your bill exactly. has gone up nearly thirty, twenty five, thirty percent. A more, Joe. Yeah. Okay. So you welcome the hundred quid. Well, I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's off one bill. What what about the next bills, Joe? You know? Yeah, okay. You know no, what no, I mean? No, I know, I um, know. It's a, it's a once-off, but it's... I, yeah, oh, it's a once-off. But it's a hundred, but I, it's a hundred and quid better than a smack in the face with a wet mackerel, as people say. Well, I suppose it is for one one bill, but you the, know? But, but you, what happens to the other bills? I know, be, I know. That increase. That increase. Yeah. Joe, what I'd say is the, the standing charge. I'm just looking at oh, it. No. It's not the, the actual bills, yeah. the, the, the amount of electricity used. I only used 152 euros worth. Yeah. But the, the extra charges bring it up to over 300. Standing charges, carbon standing charges, charge VA, is, VAT, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, PSO levy, PSO eight, levy 862. Yeah. Standing charge is 40 quid, Joe. 60, yeah. uh, 40, 69. I mean, this is crazy. And remember, you know? everyone pays that regardless of you, regardless of whether you turn on a light or not in the That's in the in correct. the period. Say there, Bernard Frank O'Connor, Frank, Hi. your your idea. No, it's just simply if you don't want the hundred quid, give it to charity. Yeah, and is uh, there's the wrong plan to do. But is there a simple way of doing it? Well, the simple way well, you can log on to most of their websites and just pay it. Yeah, onto the charity. Okay, right. get okay. the card. That's what I'm going to do anyway. But is there any way you could? do, which I think was done with the water charges refund, where you could t- tick a box. It became so simple. It became so simple. Oh, yeah, but that, that will delay the repayments. I mean, I think that what no. Pascal is trying to do is just give 100 quid to every household. And and what do you think of the idea? Well, I've no opinion on it, really. I think it's a good idea for some. Yeah. I, I, I think there, there could be some better scheme, but you know, to put in a proper scheme will take a long, long time. So yeah, I think but, this is good. Well, the main benefit it seems to have is is, is its simplicity. Yes, it's just a press of a, a, a re, re, recalibrate. I could nearly write the coding. It could you recalibrate the the, uh, the system. Every bill two two becomes one, three becomes two. Simple. Okay, Rhoda Miller, Rhoda and Body Brack. Thanks, Frank. Uh, Hello, Joe. Yeah, you, you're you're moving forward. Go ahead. What's your suggestion? My suggestion is, um, as in the vaccination, uh, we were asked by different charities, um, like UNICEF, for instance, oh, yeah. to say, donate forward. So if uh, if you got a vaccination, you then put money into their account to donate. Uh, for a vaccination for somebody else in another country. Uh, But here, with the electricity, um, Mm. if we get it, um, you know, if they put it back into our accounts, that's fine. We just take that €100 and send it forward to a charity. And or or the ESB or our electricity supplier um, uh, would have on their website yeah. Uh, if if people can get onto it, if they're if they're online, and okay, yeah. um, if they would say, "Do you wish to donate forward?" Um, and then they can say, "Charity of your choice," and you just press a button, and off the money goes. Yeah, but see, I think need, I think I think again, it needs to be simpler than that. I it, it, one, I think first of all, you you will never see the hundred quid. It's a hundred quid reduction. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like someone yeah. coming home from the sales and Aaron it saying, 
I've saved a hundred quid on that, yeah, sure. that new overcoat. But you say, yeah. where is a hundred quid? You did, anyway. So yeah, but I, ju- I, I really, but I love the idea of donating forward. And I thought the vaccine was super. Just go on to the charity and put money into it and send it forward. Okay. I mean, if, any, if a lot of people are online, they buy all sorts of things. This, how, how could this be simpler? You're that not spending true. the 100 euro. Just imagine it's there and okay. just send it on. And what do you think of the idea? Um, haven't really given it a lot of thought. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, do you know, um, it's not a major thing in the yeah. sense okay. that... But it is 170 um, million. Yeah, it is. Uh, maybe the government could use it in a better way. Um, you know, they could... Um, there's lots of different ways the government... I, I, I presume that the government has a hand in this, and I think that they would... Well, they're going to... They're going to well, you're going to pay for it through the... They're going to sign a cheque proportionally to each uh, energy company. OK, let, let's talk to Kieran Mulvey. Kieran is well known over the years as a negotiator and a rep, and he was chairman of the Refund Project Oversight Group. What was that, Kieran? Well, a group of us came together, I think, in 2017 when the announcement was made, Joe, regarding the refund of the water charges. Ah. So we thought this would be a useful opportunity to ask those who were receiving receipt of water charges to make a contribution to the key issue, and which is still a key issue in our society, the issue of homelessness. We're still 8,000 people without homes on the streets, uh, and there were over 3,000 children, which in a country of our wealth and yeah. our community and our mail was, was, was unacceptable and a scandal. So what, what was that? How did you do it, Kieran? Was it, was it simple to do? Well, actually, Joe, it sounded simple in concept, but okay. uh, in, in reality, I tell you, all the issues your speakers of callers have raised and you've raised yourself, to try and get a state benefit redirected to okay. a third party is almost impossible. Wow. Uh, we had to go in then to negotiate, particularly with the two major banks, AIB and Bank of Ireland, separate accounts and establish those. But when people then went into their banks to, when they did get a refund of their water charges, it was banks or whatever account they had, they had to start redirecting the money to a new account. and. Wow. That proved, you know, you're in a bank, you or you're in a bank, yeah, yeah. and it was troublesome. Uh, a lot of people found difficulty with doing it. Uh, and even though we had set up separate accounts, at the end of the day, it caused more trouble. And I think people just <laughs> gave up the ghost in the bank yeah. in trying to do it. Um, so, so much did you pull in? We pulled in almost two million, and it wow. made a difference wow. to completing projects for the father. McVerry Trust, for Simon and for Focus. They were the three main charities we mm. concentrated on because they were providing specific services yeah, yeah. to the homeless. And, and we did that in different parts of the country, in Dublin, Limerick, Cork, etc. Brilliant. What do you think, Rhoda? I think it's brilliant. I, I, I think it's, it's certainly a, a way to um, spread the joy around, if that's possible. Mm. Um, and it would be a lovely thing to do, um, to just focus our minds on something else other than mm. the, the, we won't mention the, the words that go in around the country and around the world, um, because it just takes over everything. Mm. So let's fill our country with joy by passing on, if we can, um, the, the, the money that we hopefully mm-hmm. will we'll see in our banks. Um, or wherever the money is deposited, and Kieran, for those who desperately yeah. need it. Yes, absolutely. Mm. And Kieran, did you did this this charity, this specific charity, did it have a name on it? Could we I, called it the Refund Project. Okay, so and, uh, basically, so, it was uh, hoping to, to cash in on the refund. Yeah, but look, of course. Yeah. Look, uh, the issue is, I, I've considered my opinion on this is that. You know, you were talking earlier about the child benefit being a universal Mm. benefit. That was brought in for very specific reasons, that mothers got access to the money 
uh, for their children. And that was a universal problem in the sense that you can't divide our community around child benefit. I think this is different. I think the object is must be to address fuel poverty. Mm-hmm. And the people increasing use of particularly electricity or gas for this purpose and with the escalation in costs, we should be targeting it. I can understand the mm-hmm. minister's dilemma in this. It's the easiest way to do it. But I think sometimes in Ireland we need to decide if we have spare capacity or we have money and there is a particular mm-hmm. issue that needs to be addressed, we need to target it more because the more you dissipate the money, yeah, uh, yeah, the less yeah. its impact. And, and would you would you be open to this idea, the refund project for GSB, 100 quid? Well, look, it, it's an individual choice, Joe, in yeah. regard to... And we have a multiplicity of suppliers of, of energy at the moment, it's not just ESB, yeah, course, yeah, yeah. we have SSE yeah. and others. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, I don't know if people are... I'm getting day and daily uh, delivered by our excellent postal service mm-hmm. uh, requests from Focus Ireland, from Vincent yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul. For, mm-hmm. Like, the mail is arriving in your home. All you have to do is open the envelope and decide to write a okay. cheque or go into your bank or put cash in for... But how do we... That's the but, easiest way of doing absolutely, it. Absolutely. But, Kieran, how do we... OK, and there's an awful lot of goodwill out there from mm-hmm. our, our, and people like yourself saying... If it is a universal payment for that once-off payment, mm-hmm. is there any way we can help other people in need, so in greater and greater need, and and uh, people who are having um, difficulty, whatever challenges, but hundred quid will make some difference, not a lot of difference, but will make would make uh, some difference. Is there any way we could say, like on on the f- the third Friday of January? We're asking people, because whenever this refund comes in, so to speak, say it's the, let's say the fourth week of February, that we actually pick a day and charities mm-hmm. say to people on that day, listen, will you put, if you don't want your, if, sorry, if you can do without your ESB refund, would you think today of putting it into our charity? And it's relatively simple and straightforward. But just think you need to focus people on yeah. doing it. Yeah, well, I think that, Joe, that's an excellent idea that we would, you know, advertise a day by which we would give uh, to our charities and, uh, you know, people can make their own choice regarding their charities, but give to a charity day and call it, you know, (laughs) the electricity (laughs) refund or whatever title. But the one issue I would feel is people will get this. They'll get into whatever mechanism they have for state payment. But what I would say is the easiest way to do this is to send the money directly by whatever way you do it, postal order. Via charity, yeah. Via charity. I'm sure the postal service, will, the post offices will help if yeah. that is necessary in regard to that. The banks should be compelled to do it, yeah. let me put it that way. And that uh, we pick a date by which... Um, Irish people are extraordinary givers. We're Absolutely. one of number one in the country. We we, the we are great giver, yeah. givers, both to national and international charities. I think the emphasis at the moment is because it's Christmas and the requirement is there. But, you know, post-Christmas is when the bills come in yeah, too. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they're coming in in truckloads, I can tell you, given the rate of inflation. Food is going up. Leisure items is going up. We're, you know, we're 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 spending an awful lot of money internationally on. I can't name them, but I know from the post office myriad of parcels and ins, and we're paying multiple of hundreds of euros abroad when we should be encouraging our own yeah. online services. And Kieran, given the difficulty you had on the refund project with the logistics of it, how did you manage to get two million? Well, this thing, people went to the effort, they went in to, they, they sent Thanks, it directly okay. to us, they sent it directly to the charities who we encouraged to uh, send out their own bank account, uh, but put it under refund projects so we were able to identify it. There's lots of, where there's a will, there's a way, Joe. Right. But okay. One of the ways, well I think, what you said just now, let's identify a date in which this is landing whatever way it does in households mm-hmm. and say, uh, you know, give to charity, give your electricity refund charity and now that's a hundred it's standard payment people mightn't be able to pay the hundred they might be able to 60 80 10 it all makes a difference so if we targeted a date like that and if your show could popularize that Mm. then their envelopes are arriving in our homes at the moment Uh, this is easy as i say it was it's mainly for heating 
the mm. the, the funding mm. coming back would be for heating and lighting. Could it be targeted to the charities that deal with families, the mm. homeless, who uh, those who desperately need um, more of that heating and lighting? I'm thinking of the older people cold in their homes, just wrapped in blankets because they haven't got the heat, they haven't done anything to light their fires with, and they certainly don't have central heating. And as for hot water, that might be just mm. the kettle on the stove. We've been lucky, we've been lucky so far this year. No, I know, some nights. Yes, we, the weather. Been, yeah, we have been nine degrees, nine degrees at seven o'clock this morning. Was Stay yeah. there for a sec, Rhoda. Patrick McNamara. Patrick, you have another idea about the, yes. the ESB Good. refund. Yes, good afternoon, Joe. I think it's a very a very simple idea. Anybody who qualifies for fuel allowance should 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 benefit from the hundred euro. Okay. Okay. Well, and that's uh, and there's no. It's just that the government uh, issue the issue the check or or into their bank, into your bank account every every week, mm-hmm. and so they might be putting the hundred euro onto it. Very simple. And as a matter of fact, if it's reduced to the people who who qualify for fuel allowance, you could maybe even increase it to 200 euro. Because the number would be smaller. Yes. The, the cohort would be smaller. Sure. Okay, okay. Another good, another good idea. And Kieran, you're right about um, Irish people being extraordinarily generous. I know we, we did two days here earlier on in the, in the pandemic for Laura Lynn Foundation and we got 800 grand in and we had a benefactor came on and matched that. The Late Late Show, I think, have raised over 22 million alone this year for various charities and I know they have a big push on uh, this week for the wonderful St. Vincent de Paul. Anyway, loads of ideas uh, knocking around and uh, let's let's see uh, who can propel them forward. Kieran Mulvey, Rhoda, Thank Bernard, you. Frank O'Connor, Jenny Horgan and Michael Larkin. Good to meet Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Okay, Dean's Grange Cemetery in South Dublin has been on Liveline in the relatively recent past when a number of uh, relatives of those interred there were deeply unhappy with the way the graveyard was overgrown. But this evening, uh, Dunleary Ratdown Council will be, will be voting um, on a proposal to have a cycleway rerouted because the road isn't uh, outside isn't wide enough and it's a bus lane, etc. But rerouted through the graveyard. And this would mean the graveyard or the cycle path through the graveyard would be open 24-7, 365. Now, Fiona Power uh, read a number of tweets about this, including one bizarre tweet, which we'll talk about in a sec. Uh, we don't know who it came from. But Fiona, you object to this. Why? Um, first off, it's it's for me anyway. It's very disrespectful for the people that are buried there, mm-hmm. which is one thing. Um, secondly, you know, security they close at four thirty anyway, so it's just going to be left open twenty four seven. Is that the case? Um, and definitely with that tweet, mm-hmm. you know, my family's grave isn't a tourist attraction, <laughs> you know. That's really um, a lot of it, like, you know. Like, I know we can drive into the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But um, a dedicated cycle lane, as I say, 24-7, you know. I, mean, I, just have so, I have just so much respect, I suppose, for my dead parents, for dead family. But would it not mean that the graveyard is is policed, basically, because there'd be people flying through it all the time? Um, but are we not open open then to antisocial behaviour? Um, like, I think that's why they do close early, to prevent that. Is it, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? And I think that's a general kind of consensus, like with with graveyards like that it does prevent antisocial behaviour um, Now tell us about this tweet that emerged at the weekend about um, It was a tweet that I seen that said that it would be a fantastic um, wouldn't it be a fantastic 
Halloween um, experience. Experience, exactly. Yeah, and I, that really got me. I was there, kind of going, and it could that, like, and the, the, the one thing they said at the end of it was there would be no like. I think the whole thing about this is for me is that it's a given. It's we've been. It's just been mm-hmm. put there. Like, for I know it's Dunleary Rat Down, but it's not just a Dunleary Rat Down but Dunleary, um, situation. I, yeah, a Dunleary Rat Down run the cemetery. Yeah. It's one of the few cemeteries run by a council as such. But they run it. So what they're... We've asked, we've asked them a lot of questions. They haven't gone back. Um, like, maybe they're saying, let's liberate the cemetery. Understand that's, that to a degree, but are we going to um, be sure, like that, or like it is going to be kept safe? It is, is going to be kept clean. Is it going to be kept, you know, anti away from antisocial? Um, like I know I've heard, like I've got the tweets from people saying, "Look, people are dead there; mm-hmm. they won't mind." You know what I mean? No. And, I just think it's a flippant. There's very flippant um, well, just, attitudes to it. Um, I think you're raising very fair points, but I kind of come at, come at another way. Have you been in Glasnevin Cemetery recently? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I love it. Like yeah, yeah. David Museum. Yeah. Brilliant museum. David yeah. David Shop. Yep. David Cafe. Yep. They've an outdoor yep. area where you can sit within mm-hmm. twenty yards of Michael Collins' grave and have a yeah. a cappuccino. Frappe yep. with, with Look, I, I feel, Yeah, I do. I um, it, yeah. What do you think of that? It's lovely. It's fantastic. But it's not open 24-7. Well, that's true, yeah. Because it would be desecrated. Like, I'm being so it's a 20, like, sorry you had me, because I was also going to say the wonderful walk, the, the Glass Evans Cemetery, which is almost, I think, in, in the world at this stage, probably the most accessible and mm. anything they organise for remembrance is done with such dignity and thought. But they also have, there's now a new entrance from Glasnevin Cemetery into the Botanic Gardens. Yes, I've, I've walked that. And, yeah. uh, that's, and I, I was going to make that point, but you, your, your retort would be, that's not open 24-7. It's not. No graveyard is open 24-7. Yeah. Maybe down the country, yes, I do know some, but even then, they close their gates. You know, and what about the greater good? Apparently, just this this new it's this new psychopath. Yeah, I it, know. Like, it will it will it will serve sixty five schools mm. throughout Dunleary Ratdown, mm-hmm. and obviously people cycling. It's twenty five k. The psychopath will be. So would that not be an incredible addition to a city? For two hundred meters, like. We're still back to twenty four seven opening of a of a graveyard like that. There's if, thousands well, buried there. Um, well, there's a lot of. Lot will of, everyone be, be be as respectful as uh-huh. you know? I just there is an argument too for and against, and I see both sides. I really, really do. But um, I just don't. I, I, it's it's the respect I think, as I said. I suppose. I do carry a deep respect for mm-hmm. the dead, like definitely. We do in Ireland, yes, we do. But we do. That, I think that's where it's kind of coming from for me. Um, that you know, and like as I say, I know we drive in. You know, I drive in. We well, mm-hmm. I don't drive, but we drive, go in. We park the car, clean mm-hmm. the graves, do whatever, and leave. You know, um, it's it's. I think it's going to be the problem. Is like is. The you know opening twenty four. Um, are they going? To well, be if to if they were, I've, I'm, I've been in in Dean's Grange a few times, and especially we discovered some children who were killed in nineteen sixteen yeah. had been yeah. buried there. And Dean's Grange were absolutely brilliant in terms mm. of putting up free gratis, by the way, beautiful memorials to yeah. the children, Christopher Hickey and his father, indeed, and others. So, um, if 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 they decided that. What we're going to do is move back the wall. In other words, uh, reduce the size of the cemetery, but put the put the cycle path outside the wall, rather oh, than yeah, that would be a thing. You know what I mean? That 
I don't know whether that's an option or not. I don't, I don't know it well enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if it was, like, I know the footpaths are very narrow. Mm. Um, I do know that element. I do know the road outside is very narrow. I totally understand. But the, the first thing, as I that when I seen it was, thought-wise, was is nowhere sacred anymore. You know, mm. and that was just my thought. Like I was there, kind of going, oh "My God!" Like, you know. Um, like all our local parks here, we they close mm. every evening. You know what I mean? So like, I just don't see the twenty four seven access um, a viable option. I'm only realising now the size of Dean's Grange. It's huge, yeah. It is absolutely huge. And there are a number of entrances to it as well, apparently, from um, different housing estates. Yeah, I, I only seen that. I only heard that in the last couple of days. So I is didn't realise that. Yeah, but is it is it actually closed? That's that's what I mean. I don't know. Like, um, it's seventy. It's seventy acres. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Dermot yeah. Morgan, Barry Fitzgerald, yeah. Milo O'Shea, Sean Lamas, Kathleen Lynn, Frank O'Connor, Todd Andrews. The list goes on. We have uh, military, we have seamen, we have the so Leinster, many. The, the, the people killed in the Leinster. Yeah, yeah. Delia Morphy, the singer. Yeah. So, so many in there. It's a very historic graveyard. Well, I'm yeah. All, all graveyards like, are in that sense, but... Um, but like, I just thought, like, it's just my thinking, yeah. it's my look on it. Um, okay, well, let's, let's bring in David Bergen. David, David, your point, please, on the cycle path through the cemetery. Joe, I think it's absolutely disgraceful, dishonourable to the memory of the dead. I don't, there's about 110,000 people buried in Dean's Grange Cemetery, including my parents' graves there. I think it's a terrible, it's a disgrace to a place of, you know, to a burial ground. I don't know what, what Dunleary Ratdown County Council are up to at the moment. I take it that this is one of them. Everywhere you go in Dunleary Ratdown, there's nothing but cycle paths. See Point Avenue is turned into a one-way street. Everything is and parts of Dundrum are one way. You know, we have more than enough cycle cycle mm-hmm. lanes as we have them, as they are. But what's going to happen? This is open twenty four hours a day. You're going to have people attacking people in the in, in Dean's Grange Cemetery. There have been robberies in there already. If if it's if you, if there's a way in and a way out at night time, God knows, gravestones, flowers will be taken. There'll be all sorts of drunken orgies going on in there. Dunleary yeah. rat down does not. No, many of the people of Dunleary rat down are buried there. They do not deserve to be treated in this manner. I must. I, did, I knew yeah, nothing about this, Joe, until I just heard well, it on the program. It's, 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 well, thanks, I must. I must ring my councillor well, Morris Dockrell and ask him to vote against it. Well, it's it's Fiona who brought it to our attention, Fernand. And then we discovered it is on the agenda this afternoon at the DLR uh, monthly meeting. But whether it gets up there. But what about what about the the. Who had the lion in, in Juno and the Peacock? Juno herself, isn't it? About, what was it? Uh, the O'Casey line, isn't it, isn't it better? Isn't it about time we had a little less respect for the dead and a little more for the living? Like it is a head, cycling is healthy. 65 schools will have, will benefit on the, from this cycle path. And, unf- and unfortunately, I, I, David, I and I don't mean it, to I, be... I don't di- believe it is, Joe. I don't believe it is at all, Joe, to cycle a path through a graveyard, you know, a, pla- a, a place where people are buried. It's a place of rest and tranquility where people come in, visit the graves of their deceased relatives and friends. And you know, it's a massive graveyard. You know, it's, it's probably the second biggest or third biggest graveyard in Ireland. But there's there's 120,000 people buried in there. You know, it's, it isn't by any means as big as Glass Nevin, but... But David, David, I, and, and I know it's a difficult topic and you have to choose your words carefully and I'm sure I, I'll, my formal words will be incorrect. But it is, it comes back to that point in, and I know it's a different context in Juno and the Paycock, where Juno, <laughs> Juno says, um, it's nearly time we had a little less respect for the dead and a little more uh, regard for the living. Was it Juno said it? Anyway, I think it was. But I, I don't being, know. That's a Sean O'Casey. Sean O'Casey. I don't know. You have yeah. respect for the dead. And I have respect for my deceased relatives that were buried there. My parents yeah, but, are buried there. But they are, David, and again, please bear with me. They are dead. They are uh, dead. But they are dead. It's a place... 
people go to reflect at the grave of the deceased people. So more, so more people, including school children, will be cycling through the cemetery and see it and maybe think about it and think about who's buried there and maybe part of the, the conversation about who's buried there is our history, our contested history. Um, and and it, can, it can be a learning very well but I think Why should graveyards be closed? Dean's Grange graveyard closed at four o'clock That's correct So it's closed for what 18 hours a day? Well because of vandalism Well the way to get around vandalism is to make it a busy spot But who's going to police it Joe? Do you think well, the, the council are going to put security on that 20, well, 24 hours a day? You see, the staff will finish about The security will be the people who use it the citizens I, I don't think, I, you know, if you, why do they have to close the public, public parks in the evening? Because of vandalism. Mm. Most people would love to have them open all night if they could. <laughs> and you have people there, uh, homeless, homeless people sleeping there all night. That's another problem. Yeah. Okay. Um, and David, you think, you think it will lead to... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, 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 I'm getting on to my TVs and, but you, but and to you, my. I said, but you the use first the phrase. I'm going to ring his okay, when but, I finish this. <laughs> but you used the phrase earlier on, drunken orgies. Say that again, Joe. Did you not use the phrase earlier on to be drunken orgies in the place? There would be drunken orgies ah, in there, and we don't want that. It's a it's a place of respect for the okay, dead. Okay. 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 Say Elizabeth Monroe, Elizabeth. Hello, Joe. You, you, you're pro the cycle lane. Go ahead. Well, I only heard about it from you. Yeah, okay. But, um, it is true. It's coming it, up today. Yeah, I, uh, my parents and grandparents are all buried in Dean's Grange. Okay. And it strikes me that anything that, that makes life safer for, for the school children locally is a good thing. Now, I understand people's fears that mm-hmm. this may give rise to, you know, to unwanted behaviour in the cemetery. But I, I think from a positive point of view, it could be that it will bring more people into the cemetery. Yeah. Um, certainly when I visit my parents' grave, it can be a bit isolating yeah. and you could be there, you know, quite lonely. Not many people, are, my parents are buried in the old part of the cemetery and it can be a bit... Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of feel, feel alone there. So I think if it's something that brings more people into the cemetery, more, more, yeah. Uh, David, what about that point? Bring more. Uh, maybe, but I don't believe a graveyard is a graveyard, a place that it will be. Some people may come down and sit down, yes, and, and maybe if there, if, if, there are, if there are any benches there, I'm not so sure that there are benches in Dean's Grange. It's a lot. It is a lovely spot, yeah. you know, for peace and tranquility. But to think it will be open all night, and graveyards will be will be will be destroyed, and you feel, you know, newly newly occupied graves, well, about, flowers what, will what, be taken from them. There'll be drunken problems there uh, all night. I can yeah. see that, ah, and David, the Gardaí won't be able to handle it. Ah, David, David, yeah. David, the country um, isn't that bad now. Yeah, well, I, I, I think, um, you know, your David there is, is, he's right to be concerned about things like that. But I think one possible way of, of dealing with that would be to, to close the cycle yeah. lane at a certain time in the evening and only open it in the morning. That's a very good that, point. That's the time it's needed most, is during the day when yeah. people, from, when there's a lot of traffic on the From 6 o'clock road. in the morning, close it from, yeah. close yeah. it from yeah. 10 o'clock Sleep at night hours. to 6 in the morning, yeah. yeah. Or seven o'clock in the evening, you know, when people have, have used it and the traffic has died down, then it's safe okay. to go back on the road. But okay. I think I think I think it's an idea we're thinking about. You know, we have to look at it, think about it, okay. and, and see what we can do that makes cy- cycling safer in the area. Um, and I think the idea of hmm. having people m- moving through a graveyard during the day is a beautiful one. I was on holiday in Austria. And walking down the main street of the little village, village, it's attached to the church. You actually walk through part of the graveyard when you're walking along mm. the pathway. And the graveyard is open. And it's really okay. beautiful because you, you see the graves. You remember, you say a prayer for those who are buried there. You remember your own loved ones who have gone before you. So I think it's, it's not a simple proposition to just put okay. a cycle away. Okay. But I think it's something to think about. Okay. And, you know, do you have, Elizabeth, do, Elizabeth, do you have a favourite graveyard? Well, Dean's Grange is the one yeah. where, where my parents are, are, are buried. Um, I don't go very often, but it is a beautiful place yeah, to walk. Yeah, they, are, they and, all are. David, do you have a favourite graveyard? I, I would say my 
favorite grave, the, the graveyard that I would know the best would be Dean's Grave. Okay, okay. I've been in it so many times. I was, I was actually getting my car NCT the other day, and I, I, uh, after the NCT, I went in there and visited my parents' grave. Yes, I don't know. I could see cyclists whizzing through at speeds, and mm. people would be knocked down, and there'd be all sorts of accidents happening there. Oh God, David, How David, to, David, David. Now, it could be very dark at night time. There's no lighting at the moment in there. I oh, know, but they would put lighting in, obviously. Yeah. And that might improve. Anyway, I, t- I take your point. Fiona, do you... Thanks very much, Joe. Thank, thank you, you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Bye-bye. David. Uh, 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 Fiona, do you have a favourite graveyard? I do. What um, is it? It's Lara Bryan in Minute. What's it called? Lara Bryan. Okay, tell us about it. In Minute. It's where my grandparents are from. Okay. And, yeah, I just... I, I think it's beautiful and it's absolutely gorgeous. Very peaceful, very... As I say, I do a visit, you know, the grandparents, wherever they're from and wherever, but they're buried in Minute and it's lovely. It's okay. absolutely gorgeous. Okay, that's a, a, a funny question to ask people. But anyway, <laughs> no. what's your favourite? Okay. Thanks for raising the issue, Fiona, and we'll okay. find, we'll find out later on much. today what happens in DLR. 51551's the text. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. You will recall a few weeks ago we had Carol Morris on the programme and I think it was National Missing Persons Day. But Carol contacted us because she was interested in trying to find out any information at all about her father, um, Albert Timmons, uh, Santry in Dublin, and he vanished into thin air, so to speak, on the eve of Christmas Eve. Uh, 23rd of December 1980 and leaving three children. His wife had predeceased him. Again, quite young people. And there's been... Oh, the, the, about a day ago, we were contacted by a family in Australia. And uh, that person's name is Isabel Hool. Isabel, good afternoon. Hello, Joe. How are, are you? you? This is... This is um, good, This is a very helpful addition, I think. I, I, I think from reading what you have to say, tell us about your family's connection. You're in Brisbane, Australia. Tell us your family's yes. connection with Albert Timmons. Well, my mum and dad were very good friends with Albert and his wife, Margaret. Okay. And Albert's mother lived up the road from, from my family. Okay. And my dad was Albert's best man at his wedding. Ah. Yeah, so they were very good friends. Okay. And that night, Albert came to visit them. Okay. And my mum and dad lived in Gaeltock Park in Dublin. Yeah. And the pub, the Viscount, was round the corner. Yeah. And Albert called in and he wanted my dad to go down to the Viscount with him. Okay, Christmas drink and or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and... Um, it was a very bitter cold night, my mum mm. said. And she said, no, Albert, look, just stay here and sit down here by the fire and we'll have a drink here, yeah. which they did. And the local Garda was there visiting too. So the four of them sat there uh-huh. and uh, they had a drink. And um, uh, she she recorded what had happened in her diary. Wow. And uh, she said that uh, he he was very down. Okay. He was feeling a bit down because his wife had died the year before. Yeah, yeah. And Christmas is a hard time. Yeah. And they sat there, and uh, she said, uh, "Yeah, his demeanour was was he was a bit sad." Yeah. But he was going up then to pick his daughter. Yeah. Up, which we were with the granny. Just up the road, yeah, like yeah. on near the near yeah. the airport. So we'd only about I don't know two miles, I think, to go. Okay. And uh, she said that she she said goodbye to him and stood out there and always waved, always waved yeah. when she stood there at the door to see them go round the corner from Gailtop Park. And that was the last she saw of him. She waved him off, and and they were. Very upset then. I don't think they ever really got oh, over that. But they were upset yeah. that night or when they discovered yeah. that Albert had gone No, missing. no, when they discovered, yeah, yeah. In, in, in later times, yeah, yeah, the realisation. Your, your mother yeah, kept a diary. She did, she wrote wow. it all down, she did, yeah. And she did and, remark um, that Albert was cast down that night. Yes, yes, and 
seven years later, the solicitor rang yeah. up yeah. my mum and said, Do, can you tell me anything about that last night? And she said, hold on a minute, I've got the diary here, I'll wow. read out. And she was able to read out exactly what time he came, what time he left, what was said. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was to settle the estate. Yeah. Yeah, seven years later. Now, Carol, Carol, Carol Morris is back on the line. Carol, good afternoon. Oh, Hi, Joe. Hi, Izzy. How are you? Oh, hello, Carol. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I remember your dad and your mum so well. They, yeah. They would come into our house and, and they would be beaming, you know. They'd be yes. linking arms and, and, and yeah. kind of the room would light up when they'd come and in. They were so yeah. happy. Yeah. 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 So this, this, oh. this, this little insight that Isabel, through the remarkable fact that her mother kept a diary uh, Carol yes. yeah um, how how do you hear that when you hear Carol's mother recording that Albert was very cast down and it was shock yeah because yeah. myself and the brother thought he had like as I said to you on the last programme myself and the brother had went to his GP saying mm. that we thought that he needed to medication or something but his GP okay. said he was okay yeah. yeah but there was just yeah. something not right at the time and did you know he had been yeah. in, in Izzy's parents house before, that, yeah. he, that he didn't actually go, get to the pub no that, no that Izzy, it, yeah when, we always thought that what do you call it he went up and Mr Sherlock wasn't well and he ended up going for a pint in the Viscount mm. But it now looks like he didn't go to the bike. He didn't go to the bike out. Yeah, so that's new, and and yeah, and yeah, the, the, I, I, yeah, I, that's that's how I hear hear the story, that he stayed in in Whitehall in my parents' house. Yeah, and your parents, Isabel, they would have known where Albert was going or due to go. Sorry, due to go. Oh, they they knew exactly. Yeah, but did yeah, he did he head exactly. did he head in that direction? Well, she, my mum only saw him turn the corner to go out of Galetop okay. Park. But then he would have come to the main road and he would have had to go left to go up to the airport yeah. and pass yeah. centre, you know, go up there. Yeah, but it, but yeah it, she didn't see. But it, it, looks, it, looks, it looks like he didn't go left because he, no. ne- he never... It, it appears that yeah. way. And yeah. I just wonder, yeah. and from, yeah. from what Isabel is saying, which is a... a, a a very compassionate insight from her and her family. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was never forgotten. Albert was never forgotten. They spoke of him with fond memories and, and yet they were upset, you know, but, yeah. but remembering the happy times too. And, you see, Carol, I'm also thinking what Isabel said there about your father knew where you were. Now you were only sixteen, and yeah. you the run the family. But he, in 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 his in his darkness, which was there from as you say, you went to the GP and asked for help, yeah. and it was there since since his wife had died prematurely. Yeah. In his darkness, would he have said said to himself, "Well, my three children are with the granny. They'd be well, they'd be well looked after. There's good neighbours." Yeah, yeah, I so. think, yeah, I think that's for. Yeah, I think he was he inseparable with, with, with yeah. his wife, with your mum. He, he just couldn't, he just couldn't function when she died. Yeah. yeah. But the mystery still remains. Yeah. Like in Dublin, I, I, yeah. we won't go down this road, but like where, where the car is gone, the car was never seen again. A Woolsey, wasn't it? It was a big yeah. car. Never seen again. He was never seen again. So where did he, where did it go? And... We now have through Isabel that information through the diary that he was cast down that evening. It was yeah. Christmas time. A lot of things, a lot of things galloped down the hill at you at Christmas time. Some of them good, some of them, yeah. some of them uh, not so good. Um, okay, and yeah. uh, Carol, have you, uh, or Isabel, have you been in touch with Carol? 
No, no, no. Okay. No, well, you are no, now. This is the are. first time. Okay. Yeah. Well, you are. Yeah. Well, you are now. And with with both your permissions, yeah. uh, we we exchange details if you want to have further conversation. But oh it, yeah, I please. It, but especially yeah, Isabel, I'm I'm very yeah. struck about what you're saying that about your parents. Uh, yeah. Uh, seeing the love between Albert and and his his uh, wife. What was your mother's first name again, Carol? Margaret. Margaret. Margaret seeing the yeah. love between Albert and Margaret and your dad, as you say, was the best man. So yeah. there's a, there's a yeah. lot and, more. And, and, yeah. and Carol's granny lived up the road from yeah. us too. That's so right, yeah. So you've added a lot more pieces to the jigsaw. Have you heard anything else since since you were on with us, Carol, about six weeks ago? No, not a thing, yeah, Joe. Okay. Nothing. Well, this one, this, well, this piece of this information has come all the yeah. way from Australia, yeah. which is incredible. Okay, we'll put it. And how I heard about it yeah. was my my niece in Ireland, Georgina. She sent me the link for your oh, show. Okay. And okay. I and I clicked on it on the, on the phone and listened to it, and oh, I thought, oh words. my goodness, oh, there's okay. Carol's, you know, Carol well, talking. I thought, oh, it brought it all back. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, we, I remember when we were kids, like going up to your parents' house, and your dad's garden, his back garden, was beautiful. Oh yeah, the magic garden. Yeah. The magic garden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the magic garden. Yeah, yeah. He grew, he grew apples in bottles on the tree. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh magic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, are yeah. your are your parents still alive, Isabel? Ah uh, no, no, no. Okay. No. Okay. No, okay. he went in eighty four. That's think, Matt. Yeah. Matt and, and Ben Sherlock. Yeah, Matt yeah. and Robina, yeah. Yeah. Robina was your mother's yeah. name. Ben, for sure. Robina was my oh, mother's name. Oh, what a beautiful name. name. Yeah. yeah. And Margaret yeah. and Albert Timmons, we'll remember them all. And yeah. also Claire, yeah, Carol. They're, they're all together now, yeah. that's for sure. That's together it, for yeah. And yeah. Carl, you yeah. also yeah. mentioned, if my memory is that the last time you're on, that you, would, you buried a brother this year, isn't that correct? I did, yeah. yeah. Okay. Brother we'll, Liam died, we'll yeah. Remember yeah. All, I remember we'll, Liam, yeah. I'd say you do, yeah. I remember you, Carol, but you were only a little tiny. Anything, so I wasn't yeah. kind of interested in you. I was more interested you, in yeah, your brother. You know? Yes, oh, I can imagine. <laughs> and did you, and Isabel, yeah. well, you would have got this if you, when you listened to the piece. That that, that uh, Carol took over the running of the house, which is incredible. I know that's amazing. That is amazing. You've you've been through so much, Carol. You've you had to grow uh, up very very quickly. Yeah, very quickly. Very quickly. Okay. Well, yeah. and, uh, Isabel, a happy Christmas to you. Um, Yes, happy Christmas to everyone there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you too, Isabel. And keep in touch. Yeah, we will. We'll we'll keep put in you, touch. Yes, we'll put yeah, you, we'll, please. We'll, yeah. we'll exchange your details yeah. with your permission after the program. Thanks, Isabel Hool in Brisbane and uh, Carol Morris in uh, Dublin. Joe at rte.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. i Richard Bork is organiser of the... What do you call it, Richard? Ballon, Ballon Road Christmas Light Tractor Parade, Joe. Ballon Road Christmas Light Tractor Parade. And yeah. when when did that start? Uh, we just did our fifth one. We didn't do one last year because of COVID. Okay. Um, we, we did our fifth one uh, last Saturday evening week. And we had a fabulous turnout. We had 71 tractors. Um, we probably started with about 20 the first year. And uh, I suppose it's grown and grown. And I suppose I, 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 came, I came, came up with my own idea. And I came across Stuart then and the guys in Carrick and Shore and obviously seen what they had been doing. And they've obviously been the first ones to do it. And fair play to them. And, and uh, all I can say, what, it's a what, fantastic evening out in Ballinrock. Sounds like it. Well, did Stuart say to me at one stage he's, he's 45,000 lights on his tractor? Yeah, I'd well, I'd well believe it. You can see it on the Facebook pages there. They put in a great effort. Well, what's Ball- can can Ballon Row beat that? <laughs> we don't, we don't try to beat anyone. We try to do what we can ourselves. And is we, it a competition? We, do I win it if my Massey Ferguson is the best dress? No, we uh, look at we we uh, as we say we keep this all for charity. Um, our local the Car Mass Search and Rescue uh, boat they got okay. all the donations this year. So we charge the the tractors and entry fee. That all goes into the charity. Um, okay, and is, the, the, so, yes. so uh, just uh, Stuart, uh, have you any idea many tractor Christmas tractor parades there are in Ireland this month? Uh, there's probably in around twenty, I'd say, Joe. Wow, if not more, I'd say more. Yeah. Morris McCarthy is in North Kerry. Where did you see the tractor parade? 
Joe was on the road to, to, to Barry Hyde. I was sitting down in, looking out the window uh, Saturday night and I saw what I can only describe as the most spectacular thing I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, hundreds of tractors. And what is it? Yeah, but, and it was, this was for yeah. Ban FC Rescue, I had learned that. Oh, and tra- and I, I would have paid to see it, Joe, and I think you'd want to be some Scrooge you now to, to object to this. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We, okay. Bernard, there's, there's, Bernard and Cooley, Bernard, where are you gone? You're on my screen. What is it about tractors that make them spectacular? Uh, is Bernard there now? He's gone. Stuart, Stuart what is it about, about tractors that make them spectacular at Christmas? Well, sure. It's not something you're going to see very often. Normally, it's they're true. covered in mud and out in the field or whatever, you know. And, so, I and they're easy. As I say to all, as I say to all the drivers, you know, afterwards, everyone is like an artist. So the tractor, the blank canvas, and do what you want to do. And okay. sure, it's it's all about kids at the end of the day, Joe. You know, they stand there, they're looking. And all about the kids. Yeah. Who's who's that, Morris or Richard? Joe, Richard, Richard, here again, Alan Rowe. Can yeah. I can, can I just say this brings such joy and excitement to people young and old. I'm not a farmer. I don't drive a tractor, but. This is See our way it, okay. of giving back. Okay. We, we, wouldn't have a, we wouldn't have a town without farmers and agriculture. Yeah, we here, have McHale's there in town. We have Jenna's okay. with me, all agri-based. And okay. we, we need farmers to keep our town going. And we're delighted to have them in town. Okay, well then, Stuart, what is the biggest tractor parade in Ireland? Someone said that they, they sat through a 165 Christmas tractor parade. Yeah, it's possible, Joe. Uh, okay, I don't we'll keep tabs on them all. We'll try and find out. Okay, well done. When, when is Carrick on? Uh, we're on this Saturday, oh, Joe. Okay, well, we'll, we'll hear more uh, tomorrow about this uh, new Irish phenomenon, the Christmas tractor spectacular. Okay, back tomorrow, one forty-five. Annette Egan, produce Ray Darcy next. Live line on RTE Radio 1 with Kia. Discover our 2 to 1 offers at your local Kia dealer. For more, log on to kia.com. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.